So uh, it's recording. Mm -hmm. You did that right. Okay, and then we're gonna go live now. All right. Well, that wasn't a struggle at all. <laughs> it's still going live. I got to bring it up on our Facebook page, though. Yeah. <sighs> Quality snort right there. <laughs> okay, I think we are live. Notification here so I can go on. Yeah, I can notify this, I think. Some quality behind the scenes talk right here. Yep, there we are. Yep. Yep, we're live. All right. Well, how come I don't get a notification on my Facebook then? I go right into the um oh, I should go talking on about fucking technology. Like Jesus. Yeah, you, you, you did a good job of that today. <laughs> I am the queen of fucking technology, let me tell you. I got McClellan bad. McClellan got me <laughs> bad today. Down. Um, all right, so okay, well, I think I'm, I think I think this is up now. Yeah, there's two. Oh, there's three people watching. Wow. Well, yeah. Sorry about the delay, but we had a yeah. Fincher technical difficulties, unfortunately. <laughs> what a surprise! Somebody wearing a Packers shirt would fuck up on a Sunday. What a surprise! <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, good to see you too, Mary. Always a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jen's watching. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Hi, Jen. I hope Jen appreciated the shout out in the podcaster. He did. <laughs> <laughs> did you see a bug? Oh my God, Jen. Yeah, I did. Yeah, a total bug. McClellan got me good today because I was like saying bad things about him. And funny story so my MacBook is like 10 years old. And just pause for a second. How many of y'all are using a 10 year old piece of technology that still kind of legit works? No, I am. <laughs> anyway, my MacBook is called McClellan because occasionally, oh, I shouldn't say occasionally, it does get slow. And I'm pretty sure it's backstabbing me too and writing, saying mean things about me. But there's sometimes when I like go, it'll be fine for like a week. And then I'll keep, I have to keep it plugged in all the time now because the battery dies, then, then that's it. That, mm. that is the equivalent to the uh, MacBook seeing a bug right there. See, I thought, I thought that your McClellan math skills had kind of trickled its way into your MacBook itself. It did. And that was a problem. It did. Yeah, I think that's exactly what the problem was. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so here we are. How are you? Happy <laughs> Sunday. Happy, Happy Sunday. NFL, NFL opening day. Yay! How about that, huh? Who do your Packers play? The At Minnesota, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. Well, that'd be a pretty good yeah. game, probably. But I am watching the Patriots game today. You are watching the Patriots game, as every good American should be watching the Patriots game as they take on the the Miami Dolphins in Foxborough, which I should be at right now. But unfortunately, this is virus thing. And instead yeah. of me drinking in the park a lot right now, like I should be, I'm sitting on my deck. I am still smoking my victory cigar, though. Mm -hmm. um, Jen said, or Christopher said, I thought you were a Pats fan. I am a Pats fan. I'm also a pa or I am a Pats fan. I'm also a Packers fan too. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. About the, about the Packers. I think, I think when Rogers leaves, I might be. Eh. 
I think he's going to be gone at the end of the year. I think he's out. I think this is the last year for Rogers. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, he just turned 60. So how long is he going to play for? See, I get to say this now because my quarterback's not 100 years old anymore. So I can say these things now. I can totally justify now. If he's 60, then I'm fucking 63. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being 63. But, um, yeah. Pack, yeah. Uh, Jen so, said McClellan the laptop. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. she's um. She is watching too. It was pretty fun. Hi, Andrew. It was pretty funny at ten o'clock signing on, mm-hmm. and then watching Mary screw up the technology. Yeah, you want to talk about hearing someone swear for a while? It was uh, there was some quality. There was some quality expletives for that. For that, but we did a half an hour, forty-five minutes worth of uh, I... rehashing. So here we are. Yeah, felt like Pope at Manassas. There, I went into it all confident, and then I got. Effed. Yeah, definitely. God, I got effed by McCullen. Uh, but <laughs> that's what you call a special order 191 right there. <laughs> it certainly was. I'm like, I got this, and McClellan was like, nope. Okay, Andrea's here, so we can start. She says we should we can begin, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Andrea, she's speaking of green, she's a huge Celtic fan, I discovered over the week. Do you what? know? I'm actually, yeah, if I, big Larry, I, big, big Larry Bird fan. I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I have to say mm-hmm. I've like the Celtics are my team. And when I did see the Toronto, I got to see the Toronto Raptors about mm-hmm. 12 years ago when they played the Celtics. And I was with two people that were like cheering for the Raptors. And I was like, Celtics. yeah, the second the Celtics beat Toronto the other night, the first thing I did was tweet at Justin Trudeau because he's been running his mouth about the Raptors for the last series. So I had to let him, I had to let him have it. Yeah. So. You, but True Daddy has such nice hair, though. Yeah, he does. He's not quite OO hair, but getting there. You know, he, anyway. He's close to Oliver Otis Howard hair. Best hair in the Civil War right there is Oliver Otis Howard. Milroy hair, too. Yeah, I think Howard. Milroy's Howard hair Howard and Patrick Claiborne have the best Civil War hair. But Milroy, because he was running so fast, his hair was blowing in the wind like Fabio as he was running from, from you know, from, um, <laughs> from oh. Winchester. So. Ian from the UK is <laughs> F. watching. Larry. F. Larry. <laughs> Ian from the UK is watching. Hello. And Jen, isn't that usually how it goes in Colum? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Andrew, Andrew's, Andrew's, Andrew's actually a stupid Laker fan and she loves Magic Johnson. I like Magic Johnson. I, I, he is. He's one, he's one of the best. Is he Larry Bird? No, no, he's not Larry Bird, but he's a good player, though. I'll give him, I'll give him his due. Anyway. Here, I'm so. going to do this on behalf of Andrea. Did you just say you were a Celtic? Oh, God. You are an enigma. You are an absolute enigma. I'm telling you. So, I am a Celtics fan, but you're, yeah. So, uh, Jensen, what, the, Bear, the Bears as McClellan. Occasional flashes of talent and skill, but mostly you just facepalm and shake your head at them. That's perfect. <laughs> wow. Good. Wait, you know, it's funny. So, we can actually get on the. Um, get on the, the subject of, that, of the podcast the other day. We had a yeah. lot of good ideas. You know, we tried, to, we tried to keep it limited, but we must have had, what, we have 20 oh, at one God. point? So I actually, I, I actually wrote some stuff down that we had talked about, like, after the show. Um, so we had Sheridan as the Cowboys, but then I think we ended up changing, and then we changed Sheridan um, to McClellan for the Cowboys, but I like Jen's... Um, like bears pick too. Oh, my other friend Jen is watching us too. 
<laughs> Andrea, I love you, Mary. I love you too. Yeah, because you, you flipped me off with the bird, Larry Bird. You gave me a burb about bird. That's what you just did right there. But so. Jen, I put a lot of thought to that one. Yeah, she certainly. Well, we appreciate the appreciate the tips on that one, but I thought okay. it was a fun. I thought it was a fun podcast. I thought it was. I it, thought it was. it was fun to try because because we you know taken between the curtain at the uh, Civil War Breakfast Club headquarters, talk about the ideas we had. We had a whole bunch of them. Yeah. You know, we kind of limited it to a few. Um, what I thought was fun too was just kind of like kicking the ideas around and just kind of winging it. You yeah. know, and just and, and I thought that some of the the the, the background stuff was really really good. I thought. Yeah, but that like was good. I, you, did, you did good with that. You, did, you know, I, I knew you would, but I, I just thought it was funny uh, with some of the responses you had. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I'll do it again, well, you know? It was fun to kind of look at it that way um, because you have to think about the person, right? Like, I liked your pick for the Patriots um, and really tying it in with Belichick because Belichick is completely against the media like Sherman was. Um, mm -hmm. And just the fact that he quotes Sherman sometimes to the, the players in the locker room and all that. He's just got that same attitude as Sherman did too. Um, and then I think like Farragut for the Navy. See, I was surprised. You see, I wasn't trying to like stump you on that. Yeah. But, um, but Farragut is one that not a lot of people study about. The Navy kind of yeah. gets a raw deal in the Civil the, War a little bit. The Navy bit. definitely does. And I like that's one reason why I enjoyed um, Donald Miller's book about the Vicksburg campaign. Um, right. It was like the title is how Grant basically like, you know, it, it seems like it's focused on Grant from the title. But he talks a lot about the Navy and he gives them the love that they, they desperately need um, because the Navy factored into that victory as much as Grant did like it was a joint effort infantry and Navy working together and Calvary too like all three are working together on that victory so we when we decided when we were going with these names and I said Farragut I mean it was your first one so I knew I could have said anybody you were going to say Packers I mean it was going to happen <laughs> no I I, 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 could, I could oh come on I could have said anybody you would have said Packers but you did when I said Farragut you said and you Pavlovianly said Packers you um, you backed it up though. You did with some solid, solid rationale. And I schooled you. <laughs> you did. Four of eighteen twelve. You, you were like, oh, "You're wrong," and I'm like, "Okay." The guy was born in eighteen oh one, and yeah. you said that he was in the War of eighteen twelve. And he which, was using using my math skills, my McClellan Mary math. That's eleven. <laughs> that's eleven years, and I'm thinking, how many eleven year old people are fighting? You know. The, right but you you hey fincher you delivered I, i'll be honest you, you. you had it um, jen's, you got, you, jen's got my back here i was surprised by farragut as a choice but it really worked it actually did work and i think i think we, of course she's gonna back you on that but you know what though i i think all the ones we had actually did work and it was a fun exercise because it was it was a way to kind of look at the strengths and weaknesses of of the um yep of the, of the generals admittedly we kind of went into this it was a football theme one for the football but it was a way at least for me to have fun with the teams that yeah. i don't like oh same here right and the teams that we do like and yeah. i thought it was it was pretty funny um i did like the farragut one though <laughs> vicksburg i, I, I don't yeah. disagree with the vicksburg better than gettysburg yeah. andrea's right i mean she is yeah. but we, 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 we actually yeah yep. we actually talked about that we if did. andrea had watched the podcast which she probably didn't but <gasps> if she did you're so mean I'm just, to her. I'm just bitter about the Larry Bird thing. I'm, just, I'm not over that yet, you know. But it, <laughs> fight me. <laughs> but but um. But Andrea, I, was, I, was I got saying, your back, girl. Oh, God. 
but but what I, what I was saying was was basically it was like it was looking at the strengths and weaknesses of the people and I, and it was a good it was a fun study to look into yeah. I thought because it, it just kind of gave us some insight into drawn correlations but it's a fun way you know it's a fun way to kind of personify which is what we really want to do in the yeah. podcast is yeah. going through each of these people and not seeing them as as just the names on a spreadsheet or names on a, in a yeah. book yeah. you know but kind of um, yeah exactly and then and then finding out what what these guys are all about so it was definitely it was definitely a fun exercise and um i thought i thought all the ones we came up with were really good i thought we had some good valid points on all of them we did. Uh, you did yeah. pull a Farragut one deep. I don't know where you came up with that, but that was I, solid. I I just like I mean Farragut's always been one of my like one of my favorite Civil War figures. Just I remember seeing that picture of him when I was like six, where he's like this, just standing oh. there, and I'm like that man is confident. Where you you said that it looked like he just picked twenty dollars up off the floor, and you know. Have you ever like found money on the you found money on the floor? Oh. You stay in your pocket and you stand and look around like no yeah. one saw you. That's the look that Farragut had in the picture. The oh, first yeah. thing I thought of in that picture was that. Yeah, and he just has this commanding presence, which reminds me of how Rogers is. But it's funny because I don't think Rogers is arrogant like Farragut was. But I just thought like oldest, like one of the oldest NFL teams. He's one of the older dudes in the Civil War, and he's got like damn the torpedoes kind of thing. And he just like went into everything, like full on you know yeah he did win one good battle kind of like rogers he did win yep. one so yeah so it's, it, was, it was some good he hailed, some uh, one thing i didn't reference he did he hail married a few things oh look at you huh yeah look at you there no, but he was good though i love the other ones we had we had the i, I like the uh the grant one yeah the grant with the, the niners. niners was really good but the other thing too that i didn't mention the podcast is so the only time that the Bengals have been in the Super Bowl, they lost against the 49ers. Bragg Good lost. Times. Yeah. Bragg lost against Grant at Chattanooga. Yeah. So you had some some valid there was a method behind the madness, I think. And oh, completely. you know, and, and if we I think if we had if we'd spent more time kind of going through it, really focusing on it, we could have we could have we could have had some different different people too. But um we got a lot of good suggestions, though. The one somebody—I don't know who the hell it was. Somebody mentioned um, having um, Butler be with the Jets and doing yes. the whole Benny and the Jets thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> so that would have been—that would have been a good so one. Good. I, I, that was either on Twitter or Instagram. It was somebody yeah. mentioned it somewhere, but that was a good one. I, it I, was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip my my yeah. my Brett Churhue and emotional support beer on that yeah. one because that was a that, that was a good one because that, that was a, that was well mm-hmm. played. Whoever said that. That was, um, but it was uh, it, it was good. I thought because it was um, it was creative and there was some good ones too. But like like any of these things, we could have picked one. We could have gone for hours on this. Oh yeah, we I keep mean, it around an hour or so. And, and like I said, I wrote some stuff down when we were talking after. We had um, Warren for the Dolphins. Maybe a good one for the Dolphins. And you yeah. you can pro- you can probably make a case for anybody. Um, I did have fun with the Pope and the Jets one though. Because of how much I, my disdain for the everything New York oh. Jets is. Yeah, and and too like I mean, Pope was like, well, like I said, he's like he thinks he's king shit of fuck mountain when he comes to the Eastern Theater, and it's like, no, dude, actually, you're not. <laughs> I've spent so much time looking for that mountain on Google Earth, and I can't find it. By the way, but if there is a fuck mountain, I would hope that someone there is a king shit somewhere. That'd be a cool job. Imagine, that, imagine having that on your resume. Well, my last job I was king shit of fuck mountain. You know, 
but um, Bengals are Al is watching. Hi, Al. Yep. How are you? Hey, Al, Al. Is the, Al is the guru for the, the the fantastic Civil War Lampoon Facebook page. So definitely check that out. Andrea, oh my fucking god, the Bengals suck. <laughs> the good thing about Andrea is that she, well, the bad thing is she beats around the bush too much. She she just needs to be a little more direct with what it is. But but she's from she's from Cincinnati, so she's got a Bengals thing to that. I think Barrow is going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be halfway decent. I don't think the Bengals are as bad as people think they are. I actually went to Cincinnati last December, the Queen City, and I loved yeah. it. I, I thought that Cincinnati. If you've ever been to Cincinnati, definitely go. Oh, that, actually, that's a cool I, city. I I love Cincinnati. I was there. Um, I think last May. Another. Okay, look at me like, I slip in Claiborne facts like I do Howard. When Claiborne first came to the oh, U.S. Oh, you like Howard? I didn't know that. I do. I love Howard. <laughs> I love that failure so much. It's amazing. <laughs> He's not a failure. Um, when Claiborne first came to the United States from Ireland, he actually lived in Cincinnati for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then um, the only reason he moved to Arkansas was because this guy that he was working for as a pharmacist said, I'm looking to open a pharmacy in Arkansas, which seems like completely random. And that's why Claiborne moved to Arkansas. But it's a it's a good time. Cincinnati's a cool city. Um, we stayed in Covington, Kentucky, which is right over the right over the river there. And there's a yep. place called Main a place called Main Strauss, which is all bars. Oh. And um and boy get himself in trouble on Main Strauss. Mm. The bourbon and the cigars, that was great. So yeah, so props we, we were in kind of digressing a little bit, but I, when I was in Cincinnati, we were there in December and they have this thing called SantaCon. And Andrea knows what I'm talking about with this. <laughs> where apparently everyone in the city dresses up as Santa Claus and goes to the bars. And we didn't know about it until we went. So me and our friend Bill were sitting there at a bar. Yeah. We opened it at like eleven in the morning. So we were there at eleven oh one. And we were the only ones there. And we're drinking, having a good time. And finally the beers the beers are starting to kick in a little bit. And now it's like one o'clock and we turn around and everyone is Santa Claus. It's like, <laughs> Bill, what the what the everyone and so he and i were both thinking this but we didn't want to say it so we're like so um we go to the bartender i go so what's going on with the santa claus he explained the whole santa con thing and it was pretty funny but everybody so we went to all the bars and everyone's dressed as santa claus but cincinnati is a fun city but what are some of the ones that we had in our podcast that that we probably could have had it was probably a whole bunch of them. We um, had we had Sherman as the Patriots. We yes. had Pope as the Jets. We had Grant yeah. as the Niners. Yep. We had Bragg yeah. as the is Cincinnati. Hood as the Browns. Meade was the Bears, actually. Yeah, we had a whole we, we had yep. a bunch. We had a whole bunch of ones. Um, oh, um, Andrea just said I still have to get to Fort Thomas to see George Henry Thomas's statue. Andrea, um, just so you know, look who's with me right now. That mug rocks. Get it? Oh, rock. Oh, you're so smart. I, I, I'm just happy to be part of the team. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had a whole bunch, and we definitely had fun with it. Yeah. But, but you, could, you could make a case for any of these guys. But we had, what were some of the other ones we had? We had, a, we had McClellan as one of them, didn't we? We did. Um, oh, actually, we changed McClellan – we had him as the Cowboys instead of Sheridan. Or no, oh, we, yeah, the Cowboys, we like air, arrogant. Yeah, we were back and forth with that. Um, I had Howard as the Saints because the Christian general, but also talk about getting fucked over. <laughs> yeah, the Saints would have been, that was, that, that, they got, they got job in that one. Yep. I mean, 
I mean, they would have got killed by the Patriots that Super Bowl too, realistically. So it wouldn't oh, yeah. have mattered. But, but it, Jen it, it, said, it was... I, Jen said, I wouldn't make poor Mead as the Bears. Yeah, I feel bad because Mead is my favorite Eastern Theater commander. Let's draw a comparison of Mead and the Bears. Well, yeah. Let's just do this like we were doing the other night. So, yeah. fine. so I give you Mead, right? Yeah. In the Chicago Bears. And I'm, I'm going to assume you know something about the Bears. What, what are some of the, the, the comparisons we can make with Mead and the Bears? Like, there's a lot of potential, but nobody sees it, I guess. I don't know. Like, something like that. I mean, you see, the, Mead had success. You know, I guess here's the thing the Bears are one of those blue bloods of the NFL, kind of like yep. the Packers, right? Yeah. Where. They had a lot. He, Mead had a lot of success early when he yep. first got took over as, as the commander of the army of the Potomac. Yep. And and then he kind of fizzled after that, right? Well, I think too that some of like he gets overshadowed by Grant a lot. Yeah. I mean, I love U.S. Grant. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I'm just like that dude is overshadowing Mead. And the one thing that really bothers me, and I actually put this as a PSA one time on my own, like my personal Facebook. I said, PSA, Mead didn't fucking get fired. Well, people think he got fired with Grant when he's in 1864. How do you think he get fired? Like, why is he still there then in 1865? Like, but did he just stick around? Or he's like, I'm not going. See, see, Mary, I'm starting to think people like on Twitter don't always know what they're talking about. I'm starting to think that. No. No, I know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those epiphanies mm. that I had. Right. But I think, but I think he, you know, he had that success, obviously at Gettysburg and yep. you know, you take some shots at him about the whole retreat thing, but anybody who actually knows and studies the retreat, you realize that Meade really didn't screw up the retreats. No, he didn't. I mean, he, he thought that, that Lee was going to set up a defense in, in the blue mountains and wait for them to come. It would have yeah. been a picket's charge in reverse. And he just didn't know. I mean, like we said before, the internet is so bad in South, Southern Pennsylvania that he couldn't, his Google Earth, and he couldn't tell what these people were. He probably had Sprint. That was the problem. But the thing with Meade, too, and people criticize him for this, is Meade knew how to dealt, he knew his commanders. He, you know, put the ones that he trusted in charge. I don't fault him for putting Hancock in charge at all, even though it meant my boy gets kind of like, whatever, on the battlefield. Wait, like how Buford, Buford had a lot to do with that. Oh, he did. I know. He wrote that John Deere letter, you know, to, to headquarters and said, no one's in charge, you know. Meanwhile, Howard is like, he's saying something like, this is a fine piece of ass. We need to be here. <laughs> you got this, like, see, that's the problem. I don't get to read the internal battle reports like you have and these quotes that they have. I mean, the fine piece of ass you need to be, that's, that's, that's serious stuff right there. That's, that's, that's what inter- he wrote to me. That's like. You go to the army. You go to the Library of Congress and read these notes. I need to start doing that because the stuff you come up with is just is just legit internal. This is the stuff you get. This is the real good stuff you he, get here. He wrote to me, George. This is a fine piece of ass here in Pennsylvania, and we gotta hold it. Love, OO. <laughs> Christian general, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, um, and but I support but, O.O. Howard. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, so me, you know, so he like the Bears. The Bears had some great success. If yep. somebody would have told childhood Darren that after the Bears beat my Patriots in the Super Bowl twenty, Super Bowl XX after um, after Hooker, the twentieth four, XXX. But I mean, they would have. Um, if you think about it, um, if you think about it, he would have. If someone told me that the Bears would not win a Super Bowl again after that year when they were so good, 
it's it's just mind numbing because they they could have they should have gone on a run. And Mead, if someone said that was that was Gettysburg was going to be his high point, right? At least on, yeah. on a, a top level look, he did a lot of good things after that. I realized he that. Did. So he he did. He just I think he just gets overshadowed by um by Grant. There's a really good Mead biography called um, Searching for I think it's called Searching for George Gordon Mead. It's written by Tom Huntington, and it is like. Mm-hmm it's unique in the sense that like, so Huntington went to visit all these sites that Meade was at, right. um, including like during the Mexican war and all that. So he writes about what they're like now. And then he talks about that part of Meade's life. So it's really interesting. The writing is really accessible and it really like, I mean, I knew like Meade's always been my boy for as long as I can remember, but reading that biography, it's just like, wow, this guy, like people need to know more about him. It's like Howard. Like if you, well, do- you're definitely, you're definitely in the Tim Smith school of loving George Mead. There's no question about that. Oh, yeah. Andrea says, what about crazy Uncle Dan? Oh, Sickles I, yeah. Is one, see, Sickles is one. It's a good one, too. See, I'm... Jen needs to get in on this one because Sickles, she... Uh, see, here's, here, here's the deal with Sickles. I, I like Sickles. I, I do, too. Have, and I, do I think too. he gets a, I think he gets a bad rap. Yep. Now, going back to Mead real quick, if Gelzo had a oh. choice in this, he would probably pick Mead as the Jets, probably. Oh, probably. Right? Gelzo you just know? gets all over Mead, like, God... <laughs> You know, but um, um, but sickles we 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 sickles is what we debate about. Um, we kind of ha- we kind of came here. Do you want me, you want me to tell a story about about sickles what you came up with? Or you want me to do this one? No, you can do with it. Washington. Yeah. So Mary's a very mean spirited person. So so she she so she picked Washington for sickles because Theismann got his leg destroyed like sickles did. I thought that was very mean. And so it would, and so that, and very controversial, right? Um, but Joe Theismann, he got his leg broken on national television, and, and he never played again. And so there's, there's that correlation. But I think um, the controversy, the Washington, yeah, we probably should, we probably should have done Sickles as Washington. I think in hindsight, we probably should have done that. You're right about that one. But very mean spirited. I thought that I thought it was very harsh. Mm-hmm. how many times have i done that in the podcast you keep count um jen said it is searching for george gord mead i have that book mary's fault mary's fault <laughs> yeah wow. That, huh? wow i don't know what to say imagine me book enabling right yeah tell me about it yeah i got a whole stack of books over here from you know from uh, from Amazon, courtesy of Goderich, Ontario. Well, look at you with like mm. how many books did I have arrived this week that were like you got a couple, oh, you got a couple. You're, you're in the booth thing. You're getting in the, oh, yeah. the JW booth. Huh? Oh cool. yeah. Oh, I've always been into. Uh, I've always been into booth. Like ever since no. I was like six years old, I got into the same time as Lincoln. No, no, I've got the same thing. We'll, we'll do, and we're going to do a podcast on yeah. John Wilkes booth. Yeah. And maybe we'll have, we'll have a cool guest on too. Yeah, we, I think we definitely will. It's not going to be him, so don't get excited. <laughs> Sorry, finest Bates. He, he's not around anymore. Sorry. Nope, he's not. No. Jen, surprising, <laughs> I know. Oh, Jen says no. it does kind of fit, though. Poor Sickles. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, let's, let's talk about Sickles real quick because, I mean, and this goes back to Mead, if you really think yeah. about it, is, you know, Sickles gets a lot of shit, and he does. Yeah. But again, people don't realize is on the 2nd of July, 1863, Meade didn't know if they were fighting defense or offense. Exactly. And the, and the orders that he gave Sickles were basically, if you, he wrote practicable in those orders to him, 
to all of his generals, if you deem it practical, like basically stay in your position, but if you see something else, then go. I think what upset Meade was the fact he had no idea. Like Sickles didn't let him know what he was doing and he goes out in the field and there's Sickles fucking eating peaches in the peach orchard. (laughs) (laughs) Hey dude, look up. (laughs) You You moved your whole division. Wonderful Good for you. <laughs> so you st- you started early today, huh? Okay. <laughs> but I mean, but again, I think um, I think you know he didn't know they were going to fight defense or offense, and he basically um, and 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 but but to defend me though, he gets the battlefield. He didn't see the battlefield until the next till that morning. Exactly. Real life. Exactly. So he didn't know if they were going to fight offense or defense. Sickles got that really shitty position, you know, just north of Little Round Top in that yep. valley. And if they were to fight a northern battle, they needed that. They needed the, the artillery plateau. And I think you know people disagree with this, but I I, I think Chancellorsville was in Sickles' head the whole time. It had to I, have been. I think it was I too, mean, and I think it was also in Howard's head too. Like the ghost of Chancellorsville was in both their heads. They get such a bad rap <laughs> for that battle. Five bucks says Booth had a tiny pecker. That's awesome. I don't, oh I don't my know. God. He, he he did pretty well for himself with that. I mean, it's I don't know. You know. Maybe, maybe so. You know, Andrea and Jen um, are what make these Facebook lives. I swear that'd be a that'd be a Dick Semper Tyrannus, then, right? Dick Semper Tyrannus. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but I think I think knowing they were going to an offensive type potential, he needed to find that opportunity. He needed yeah, he to be did. out there. In yeah. his defense, in his in Sickles' defense, okay. Yeah, he tried to get clarification from Mead many times. He did, yeah, and, 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 and Mead, communication you know, was just fucked. And Mead, Mead did tell him he did have the he did have the ability to adjust his line. Yep. Now he didn't exactly. think he was going to march on Richmond in Italy, but I think he thought that he was going to be in a better situation. And he people look at Sickles and yeah, he got his he got his core wreck. There's no question he did. Yep. But at the same time, I think. He did that because he thought that was the best situation at the time. Yeah, um, it was. And I, and I think I think there's a lot of opportunities. I see. Here's the thing with this. Okay, we've had 150 friggin' seven years to, to kind of go through this. There's been a million books written about it. You know, this stuff happened in real time. Yeah, you know, exactly. And and we talk about Abner Small's diary, The Road mm-hmm. to Richmond. We've mm-hmm. I mentioned that before, but where he talks about how. The, anybody who says the Civil War was fought in a panorama is basically full of shit. You knew 10 feet in front of you, 10 feet to the left, 10 feet yeah. to the right. That was it. And this includes the generals too. They, especially Meade who gets, who gets there you know, at night and doesn't know what the situation is. He doesn't know. They talk about Lee not knowing what was going on because of Jeb Stewart, but the Union didn't know what the hell was going on. They're, they were all fighting in the dark, literally and figuratively. Exactly. You know? And, you know, like me just staying back at Pipe Creek because he sent out that circular, which I think was a brilliant decision he made. Yeah. To yeah. stay back there just in case. The thing with me mm-hmm. is he, he could think two steps ahead, which is something I don't think that Lee could do. And now yeah. people who like Lee yeah. are going to be shitting all over me yeah. for that. But I think that's... <laughs> That's why Meade is one of the most talented generals that the Union Army had, was he was yeah. so forward thinking, but people see it as him, like, somehow being a bad thing. They see it as, like, oh, he was, like, passive. What are you talking about? Because he put- Meade? Yeah. I think you said Lee. No, Meade. Maybe. I think you said Lee. I, I said... Like, what, did he, what, did he, what, did he change teams again? 
No, Al, Al, Al made a point. He's right. You know, he thought the right flank had attack possibilities, and he absolutely did. He was talked out of it. And that's the case. Is yeah. that was people assume that was always going to be a defensive battle. On speaking of speaking of Gettysburg from day one, and it really wasn't. No. It really wasn't. And he, you know, he told his generals to be ready for an offensive or defensive attack. Exactly. And now we know now it was all defense, but at the time they didn't know. And if you're going to be if you're going to be potentially fighting an offensive potential a battle. You can't be – you've been there. You know how that ground was that Sickles was on. Yep. You, you simply could not possibly be in that position where you had trees in front of you within rocks. You were in a valley. You couldn't set up artillery. Yep. If you, you, he would have been in a bad, bad situation. And you can look at the time. Uh, Lee definitely had a, had a tiny pecker. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I'll put it out here. Like, I think Lee is – have you noticed a fucking theme overrated? With, with Have you noticed a theme with Andrea Pike's uh, comments lately? I 100% agree with her. <laughs> She's like she and Jen are like my soul sisters of the Civil War. Oh, they're awesome, Andrea. Yeah, awesome, they are. So yeah, no, they both are. You know, possibly <laughs> even in- <laughs> yes. Yes. Enough about enough about Cushing. As far as the Confederacy go, I think their two most talented generals were Albert Sidney Johnson and Patrick Claiborne, right there. And there's no, a, you know, there, Robert E. B. is harassing me. Yeah, Battle of B Ridge 3.0. But I, I think I think you're right though. Um, and we probably should have done an Albert Sidney Johnson football one. He yeah, who, would, one who would you pick? Who would you pick for Albert Sidney Johnson, Jaren? I would have to pick, see. I would probably put him with somebody who really started off really really well at the beginning and it was cut short you know yep. and just and just disappeared so who yeah that's a tough one though because you could probably go hmm. it would have to be it would have to be a team that's won early but see there's a i don't know that's a, that's a tough one because most of the teams that basically had um, success early had success later, or they were just incompetent. And I don't think he was incompetent too. Like obviously the Jets, you know, had the, the Super Bowl early, but they're a complete mess, so you couldn't put them with that. No. Um, I don't but, know that. I don't know if there. I don't know if there is a comparison for Johnson. To be would honest. he that, be that, the Dolphins though? You know what? I, that's it. That's the, it's it. The Dolphins because they had they had the perfect season back in '72. Yep. And Dan Marino. Of, uh, he's overrated. But okay. I know. Yeah. But all right, we'll go with the Dolphins on that one. Remember the pit stop story at Shiloh? Yes, I, I remember. <laughs> What's I, that? <laughs> oh God, I don't know if she wants you. I'll let her tell that one. Let, let's just say it, 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 it was quite a relieffful spot for her kids. I think Andrea needs to join us for one of these lives sometime. We should. We should. Yeah, yeah, Andrea and Jen too. I think we need Atlanta to have the two of them on with us. Atlanta 28-3, my, my favorite two numbers of all time, 28-3. And they love it. You, they love it when I wore that Pats jersey down in Atlanta that time. That was a good time. Oh, you should have heard me during that game. Like, I thought Atlanta had it. And then, like, myself – like, I have a Super Bowl party every year. And I invite, like t- – like, usually a lot of people come for it. And there was a lot at, at this particular one. And there was a few of us just upstairs. Everybody else was downstairs, I don't know, playing rock band or something because the game just, they felt it was boring and they were like, oh yeah, Atlanta's got this. And then when the Pats came back, at the top of my lungs, I swear everybody, like right through to New England heard me, fuck that shit. <laughs> and then I just, I, I just hear one of my friends say, oh, Brady just got a touchdown. She's pissed. 
and as you're saying this with your Patriots hat on, it makes it so much fun. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, just, it, just, it just does. That whole experience was, was um, see, here, see, uh, halftime of that show was, um, was that the Lady Gaga one, oh. I think? Well, so yeah. the Pats were getting completely astroglided in that game. Yep. I mean, it wasn't even close, right? So it's halftime. It's like 21 to 3. And I'm like, and I, you know, I'm, I'm the little whiny brat I am with the Patriots. I'm like, I'm going upstairs. This. So <laughs> I went upstairs. Bad tattooed diva bitch, right? And so I went upstairs, and there was a show on TV at the time called Mercy Street. Okay, and, that and, and and it was a great Civil War show, medical show, it. and I watched that. And so I went upstairs to my room, and I watched. It just lined. I wasn't going to watch the halftime show, so I, I went upstairs, and that was on. Like it was like eight o'clock and perfect timing. So I watched Mercy Street for an hour, and then that ended. And and I put the TV on and was like, okay, now it's twenty eight ten, twenty eight twelve. And then I couldn't move. So I'm like, I'm stuck up here watching this now. And I had people over too, and they were downstairs. You gotta come down. I'm like, no, now they're doing well. I gotta stay up. I gotta stay right here and watch it. And um, and they came back and won. And they won that that game. And I I was more relieved and laughing than happy when they won because it was just so funny. It was just it, it was I just was it was it, it, it was perfect. Jen know? said I was making up new swear words during that one, but not for the same reasons the Patriots fans were. <laughs> yeah, I actually. And then like everybody comes back upstairs because they can hear me. And someone was like, how do you feel about this? And I just said, like, fuck that noise. <laughs> but now you've seen the light. Now you're on the, the good graces I am, now. yeah, I am. You know, you know, that was a good game, though. And it I, was, I, actually, it, it was. It was like, like, looking a, at it from a game perspective, it was actually... Actually, it was a, it was a great battle. second half, anyway. At least it was the like first Shiloh. Half. It was. It, it, it they're going to get you know? fucked. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like, boom. <laughs> but I mean... um. But when I went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, w- walking the streets of Atlanta with that 20 to 3 t-shirt on, holy God, you would have thought I just, some of the stuff, the comments I got, some of the glares I got, I mean, you know, I don't care. But, it must but have it, been it, the it, equivalent to announcing Howard is your favorite general on Twitter. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. That was bad. You know. What are some other, other, other people we can come up with for the Super um, So we had um, Beauregard is the Bills. Yes, because we call instead of Beauregard, we call him Beauregard because yep. it's just easy and crazy not to. Yeah. And the Bills have a um, have a their fans. If you've been to Buffalo, it's a great place to watch a game. They have definitely the beer drinking type. Um, yeah. Although, and Beauregard really had some success, but not really. I mean, he, yeah, you know, but, he. But the thing, but the problem with him too is like Jefferson Davis was a micromanager, and he was also like he had to like you as a person. For some reason, he liked Braxton Bragg, and that's why I he kept him in charge. I'm not sure what Bragg did. He must have had pictures of Marina Davis or something because he, I, I don't know what something because for okay. what happened after Chickamauga with the like all the generals signing the "you suck, you need to go" petition, which is what they called it, it's literally. Like, you suck, you need to go, Bragg, and then Davis coming all the way to Chattanooga and having this like kind of this okay, guys, we're gonna talk about all this stuff and the generals like literally like they just you know shit all over brag during this meeting and say like he sucks he has to go this this and this and davis is like okay get the fuck out of the room and then he looks at brag and he's like okay you can stay don't worry dude i got your back by the way you know like, what? Uh, by the way i like your dog braxy he's cute you can make a court you can sort of draw a correlation in that regard a little bit to mcclellan though because everybody wanted him gone Yep. And we'll talk about this in the Maryland campaign teaser for the next podcast. We're going to be talking Maryland and this will come up, but 
Everyone except Lincoln wanted McClellan gone, all of them. And Lincoln stood by him. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because they got rid of him two weeks later. But I mean, I, I it, it, you know. Just, like Lincoln regarding the generals, like he, that was a learning curve for him. And he, he actually said to Hooker at one point, um, and I'm paraphrasing, well, I gave McClellan 50,000 chances. I'll give you another one too. And Hooker's like, fuck that. I don't want another one. Um, oh, Andrea just said Pickett. Yeah, Pickett yeah, was Pickett's I another good one. Brag for, brag for the free entertainment. Yeah, Pickett's fucking entertaining. That's why they kept Butterfield around. No question about that. Like, Butterfield had the had the best parties. Brag at Chattanooga is like fucking Dallas, like soap opera level. Just there's more drama in that. Um, but Andrea would like to know who we will pick for Pickett. What do you think? This I'll put this one on you oh, since God. you. See, Pickett was really, he was kind of like the kid in the class. It's like, mm, all the time. Well, well, anybody who's on this Facebook Live right now, what do you think? What do you, who do you think is a good NFL comparison to George Pickett? Yeah. Oh, like. That, that, that's that's a not, tough one, he's though. Not, he's not as bad as the Browns. But then he does, like, stupid well, shit. Well, he should. Like, he sh- you know, oh, you, know, you know what is, you know what he, you know, you know what he is? He's showboaty. Yes. He had medial success. He yep. screwed up at the biggest moment. He's the Atlanta Falcons. He, yes. That's who he is. That's who he is. Exactly he is. who he yep, is. He's the Falcon. Okay. Yep. You know, and like I said many times, you can't eat shad without five forks. Yeah. That yeah. is the most like, you laugh so hard at that story where he's like, <laughs> put someone incompetent in charge. He's like, I'm going to go to a fucking shad bake. And he fucks off and he can't hear the cannons firing. And he comes back and he's like, oh. Well, the best the best one was was Lee had thought he got rid of Pickett after Five Forks. Yeah, and like a week later, he rides by him on a horse, and Lee goes, "What is that guy still doing with this army?" <laughs> it just like- goes to show. It just goes. It just goes to show. It just goes to show that everything. A lot of this is flying by the seat of their pants. A lot of it was. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's so comedic. It is, and. And uh, yeah, Andrea, love that joke. Thank yeah. you for the support, Andrea. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hi, Andrea. Have a last all that hard since her Magic Johnson comments on Facebook this week. Yeah, Jen, that's a tough one. <laughs> but I, I, I take it with the Falcons. I, I can go with that. That's a good one. Yep. I think. Yeah, the I think other that's one. Pretty solid one. The other one we had for for the Fal- for the Falcons too on the Union side was Hooker. Yeah. Like Hooker, yeah. I I mean I have to say I am Team Hooker. I think he's he's underrated, and people just look at him getting concussed at Chancellorsville. But what they don't recognize about Hooker is the fact that after Fredericksburg, he took a very very demoralized Army of the Potomac, and he whipped them into shape. Like he brings out the core insignia, he gets a better intelligence gathering system. Yep. Love the core. Yep, love the core, and he also um, you know gets them. Like the like, you know, their supplies become much better managed and all that. Like he whips them into shape. And you think about it, Meade takes charge of the AOP. Like what is it, seventy-two hours before Gettysburg? Meade is fighting with the Army of the Potomac that belonged to General Hooker. Yeah. That it, and I really consider it a Meade Hooker victory because there's no time for for Meade to make any changes at all. And for well, the you, men to get accustomed to him as a commander, mm-hmm. but their moral was so raised because of Hooker. And but that's a good that's a good point you're making the correlation because you think about 
the, the think of the situation. Let's compare Gettysburg with Meade and McClellan with Maryland for a second, right? And I know we'll talk about this later. Meade takes over an established army of the Potomac. He doesn't know where they are. You know, Hooker kept all that card to himself, but when he brought them all together, he had, you know, he had seven core of solid military trained army. Yep. When McClellan took over for Pope again in 1862, on September 2nd, 1862, he, or September 4th, it's, no, second, it doesn't matter, but, but whatever it was, he takes over. That army was a mess at the time. It was. It was a complete and mess. So McClellan, and I'm going to give him some props on this one, okay? McClellan took over a mess of an army, took over three armies, Army of Virginia, the North Carolina Exp- Expeditionary Force, another word, a three-syllable word I can't say, um, under, under Burnside, and what's left of the Army of the Potomac. So he has, he has, that, and that army was, was demoralized. It was a complete mess. Yep. And he pulled them all together and was able to get a victory at, at uh, Antietam, which is kind of questionable. But again, Meade had an established army. And you wonder what would have happened if Gettysburg had happened previously with McClellan when he took over the mess that Pope left him. Oh my God. And, you know, that with, would have been with, a all, with, with all the political infighting that what was going on between Halleck and Stanton and Gideon Wells and Lincoln and all those guys with McClellan, he did pull it together at Antietam. So if you're going to give McClellan credit for anything is that he did, you know, have these guys motivated and the morale was better, but yeah. I'm not sure Meade, and who knows, maybe he would have, how Meade would have, been in that situation if he was the one who was taken burnside was actually picked to lead that army and he said no and then he's picked after he said he says go get mcclellan so you think about how meade would have reacted if he was put in charge in september of 1862 how he would have reacted to the how because the confederacy was starting to ride high i think would have been a different situation if you flip the two around and i think to your point you got to give hooker credit because he had he had that army ready to go, trained, ready to go at Gettysburg, and he, you know, and he got replaced because the whole Harpers Ferry soldier fiasco. And, yeah. But he, he, but but he, he ended up basically with a ready to go army, and I mm-hmm. think there was that impression in Maryland um, that the Army of the Potomac was this was this juggernaut army, yeah, and it just wasn't. It was a complete mess, demoralized the whole deal. So you're going to give McClellan credit for anything besides his math skills that Mary's picked up on. It's been his ability is getting everything everything ready for to win a, what was a pretty big Antietam campaign. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Like he, McClellan was very good at organizing and he, he did raise the morale of the army. There was just something about him, but when it came to fighting, he, he just couldn't do it. Um, and I think it, it, it goes back to, um, you know, you look at him compared to, to U.S. Grant. Grant, and even Sherman too, like they had all, like they'd experienced so many failures in their life that they were just, I think because of that, they were just willing to be like, fuck this, we're doing it. McClellan didn't have that. He didn't want that on his shoulders. McClellan too is a Democrat and he is not in any way an abolitionist at all. And I think that factored into the thinking as well. Um, oh, we have a few comments too. Um, well, wait, wait, Hooker was, I mean, to Jay Price's comment, he was right. He gets wounded in Antietam and, and, they, they wanted to get him back and they, they, yep. they liked him because he was aggressive. He was offensive. He could fight. Um, and I think at that point, people realized the McClellan thing was on the wall, was written on the wall. And, and we'll talk more about this in the next podcast, mm-hmm. maybe the next two. But, but I think when you look at the overall picture with that, um, again, I, we're so benefited by hindsight with this stuff, but we I, are, but I, you know, the other thing we have too, is the fact that 
Hooker had a very se severe concussion and concussions can mess with you mentally, like just after, you know, for months, even years afterwards. And I think what had happened to him was he was not right because of that concussion. It was, I've, I've always, the concussion, I've always wondered, you'll hear these stories about these guys being drunk. That was always the excuse. How many drunk situations were actually concussions? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know? and I think Hooker, the effects of that concussion were sticking with him during the Gettysburg campaign. And he probably wasn't sleeping. He was probably having a lot of dizzy spells. He was probably in a lot of pain. But you see Hooker kind of come back to life again in, um, in the Western Theater with Lookout Mountain, where he becomes bold again, where he's, Grant tells him, don't take Lookout Mountain. And Hooker's mm -hmm. like, fuck that. I'm fucking taking this mountain. And he drives Bragg off of the mountain. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll never know what got into Hooker's head of Chancellorsville, though. Joe Harker lost faith in Joe, Joe Harker yeah. comments and what that was all about. He did manage to get them out of there before Lee was really going to lower the boom on him the next day. So, you know, so as much as a big victory Chancellorsville was for the Confederacy, Lee looked at it as a loss because he lost more soldiers. He lost Jackson. Lost Jackson. Yeah. And he let the army get away again. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of things. Like we said, like we said with, with, with all these podcasts we do, you know, there's, with, with any of these guys, there's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly, every single one of them. And when you look at the overall, um, the big picture of perception, we talked about obviously Howard's perception, yep. uh, TJ Jackson's perception, you yep. know, obviously uh, any of those guys, Sickles' perception. I think there's a case to be made that every single one of these guys, you know, they did what they felt was right at the right time. Yep. But again, when you have a hundred and something years to, to focus on the mistakes they made, yep. Of course, they make mistakes. I mean, you know. Exactly, they're humans, right? And that's the thing. It's like it's not fair to remember Howard for Chancellorsville, when at Gettysburg, for a period of time, he is in command of that field. He's got to stay in one place where people can find him. He can't be fucking riding around everywhere. And that's what people seem to think he should have been doing. But no, he's do, got to stay in one place. Do you think if Hood, I mean, if uh, Buford didn't write that letter, uh, how history might have been changed? I think if it might never, have been. So Buford writes a letter yep. to me basically stating there doesn't seem to be anybody in charge here. Yeah. Um, you wonder how that would have played out if he didn't do that. You know, maybe, maybe Hooker is the hero of Gettysburg. Who knows? Yeah. I, I'm not Hooker. I mean, I, Howard, Howard. Howard. Yeah. I, I think so. Like, I think Howard, Howard 100% called that fine piece of ass. <laughs> I hate that the, uh, you know, I mean, I love Hancock. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like that he gets credit for that because it, it was Howard, but Howard too, to, I can't imagine how it would have felt, you know, he's higher ranking than Hancock, Hancock coming to the field and being like, dad likes me more, you know, but well, Howard's wait. credit, he was just, you know, he was angry about it, but then he's like, okay, I'm going to work with this because we got to win. Like he shoved you know who, those who, feelings aside. Hey, you know who Hancock was at that time? He was that dude from the Pulp Fiction movie, the fixer at the end. Yeah. That's who he was. When you think about it, whenever they needed someone, they always picked Hooker. He was aggressive, you know. That's yeah. that, that fat, that fantastic story. You know, he he takes over. Um, uh, Richardson gets gets injured at the, 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 the sunken road. Must have been wet and slippery, probably. But they bring in the um, they bring in Hooker. I mean, uh, I keep saying Power Hooker. Ha Hancock. Hancock. Too many H's. Too many H's. Bring, I was just <laughs> too many H's. They, they bring in Hancock from the Sixth Corps to kind of take over, and of course he rides in his horse at the conquering king. You know. Yeah. And. First thing he does is he pulls out his pistol 
And he's aiming it at the Union guys who are mm. rifling the bodies of the Confederate dead. Say, what well, I ain't doing that. You know, he, you know, he, he ends up being picked. You, know, you talk about a guy. Another example of that is he gets picked at Gettysburg. You know, Sickles does what he does. He gets injured. He loses his leg and all that stuff. But Hooker, I keep saying Hooker, Hancock. Hancock. Too many H's. It, it's like the um um actually we had a comment from jen just speaking of three h's what did she say here she's still waiting for the uh 30th core um oh the, the banner accent so waiting for the 30th core flag to be <laughs> xxx that is going if to they, become a bar someday in rough and ready yeah <laughs> or hard times either one you know? But if you, but to her point, if why they didn't make him in charge of the 30th Corps, we'll never know. Probably because probably because Red Tube didn't exist back in 1862. Probably it's probably why. But I think that would have been the best with that. They would have had a neon flag, been flashing outside. He would have had Butterfield there all the time. Sickles would have been there. That would have been a good time. But as I was going back, going back to Hancock, he does he does he does his job at at, at Gettysburg on the second day. Sickles gets pounded and he ends up having to take over the, th- the third core as well. Yeah. Yes. And he, but before that, and I love this story with Hancock too, is, you know, he is the one who basically tells Gibbon to send him the first Minnesota. Yep. You know, he says, you know, go get the colors. He got, you know, Colville's like, I got nine guys here. I'm getting more than nine, but you know, I, I have no one. Go get Cadmus Wilcox, take the freaking colors. Yeah. He goes, they have 84% casualties. That's math, Mary. Okay. And so he goes and he does that. And he gets that, that first Minnesota gets completely wrecked. I love the fact that of all the animosity the first Minnesotans had against Hooker, against Hancock for that, um, I'm going to have a complex now against, <laughs> against, against Hancock for that. Hancock shows up at the first Minnesota's reunion. Can you imagine the balls to show up at that? That is just insane. I, and then he actually speaks. To, he, he addresses them and he says, you know what? I know you hate me, but you know what? I did what I had to do and I would do it again. And this is him. He's like, fuck you. He's like, exactly. I mean, you you got to admire the guy. I mean, you know, I mean, he got, you know, he got hurt at Gettysburg and he lost his fastball and Reem station when Peter yeah. was his last battle and all that stuff. But, um, but he ended up, uh, he, he was the fixer. He was the go-to guy. So it's not a surprise that when he gets a letter from Buford stating, there's no one in charge here that he is going to be the guy who gets picked. Yeah. You know, and he, uh, and, and he, and he rides in. Andrea, book um, cock, too many jokes to be made. Well, there's, there's, there's probably a Tilly Pierce joke in there somewhere. I was just thinking of some merch we could do where we have a t-shirt where we have Howard Hooker Hancock on it. I think I'm wearing a hook hook t-shirt or hook cock t-shirt. Yeah. No, Howard <laughs> Hooker, Howard Hooker Hancock. Pretty good idea. Um, we've got some really awesome comments here. Um, so Hooker gave the locker room pep talk. Mead coached them to win. Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen says at Antietam, at Antietam when Hooker was wounded, his soldiers actually sent a reporter to try to get him to come back to the field. That surprised me and always stuck with me. Yeah. And then after, I think after Hooker was wounded, Mead had to take over for him, which is mm-hmm. like ultimate foreshadowing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. 
Jen always thought of Hooker as the bumbling clown from Chancellorsville, but I read one account that said Hooker might have had a concussion at Chancellorsville, which explains a lot. Yeah, I really believe in the concussion thing with him, that he was just not right for a while. And finally, November of 1863, he's like, I'm back. And I'm going to take he's, that mountain. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, stand, he's in Chancellorsville. He's standing in front of his headquarters. Of, 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 you know, artillery shell goes off, hits the beam of the house he's standing on. It falls, hits him right in the head. Yep. Just like a Three Stooges thing. Yeah. Out, he's, and he's, he's goofy for a while. People yep. assumed he was drunk. Mm -hmm. and, and then it went from there. So these are the little things that get you, though. If, yeah. if you really think about how history could have changed on certain things. Exactly. Like if uh, you know, Hooker had not got concussed, you know, um, on Andrews, well, we, probably a lot of cases where the be, the behavior was due to PTSD. Absolutely. Yeah. There we was talked um, about Rufus, Rufus Dawes last week. Talked yep. about that with him. Yep. And also, I think Gibbon had a case of PTSD too, because there was a point in time, end of 1864, where like he had been with, you know, with Hancock for so long, but then all of a sudden something happened. Yeah. And Gibbon went on leave and it was not due to an injury. It was due to a falling out that he had with Hancock, but I'm pretty sure Gibbon had PTSD. And when he came think back, they all must have there. though. Oh, they're I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, Oh, look at Andrea. She's praising my boy. Oh, oh, no matter what Howard bungled during the war, he was a superstar with his work in the Freedmen's Bureau. I love you, yeah. Andrea. Well, he, he, you know, he did, he did a lot of stuff. And, and like we were saying before is when you look at, in, you know, we're, we're benefited by being on Twitter and reading these comments from these civil war experts that we read about all the time, mm. you know, but I think when you really look into all these guys, especially Howard, you yes. know, you, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Howard and people have their opinions. You mentioned Sickles. They have their opinions. You mentioned any of these guys, Robert E. Lee have these opinions. Yeah. Um, but when you really get into them though, and you, and you see what these guys are all about, Howard had a tough gig. It replaces he Franz Siegel, a very popular guy in the German community and in his core. Yep. And he's this, he's this, you know, he's take, he's this church going, you know, religious, you know, better than thou type person. Yep. And he was um, riding a horse who had a small marijuana problem. Tony Montana. You know, Tony Montana. Tony yep. Montana. That ground he, looks like a fine piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? But, but he basically, um, he takes over a core who doesn't like him from day one. Yep. A core who is gets a bad reputation. First of all, there, there was less than twenty percent Germans. It wasn't like they were all Germans. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and and these are the guys who did fight well on the night of July second. You know, Samuel Carroll gets a lot of credit, but by then he's he kind of came in late, and, and a lot of that the Confederates had broken through twice. But yep. but you know they did a good job with that. So he gets he gets a bad rap. And like we said before about Howard, if he's so bad, why is Sherman giving him the right wing? Exactly. That's, that, that's, that's the thing. thing that, that's, that's the thing that people cannot answer. They can't answer that. No, they can't. And somebody said to me on Twitter, they're like, oh, he only got, he only took over from Logan because Howard was a West <laughs> Pointer. No, I think Sherman saw something in Howard. He's looking past Chancellorsville and all that. I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that Howard was a West Pointer. I think it had everything to do with the fact that Howard was a soldier. And Sherman chose, and Darren, you'll, um, What's his face? Trudeau talks about this in Southern Storm. Oh my God, Robert E. B. is back again. Fuck off. Um, that Sherman chose those two because they were soldiers and because he knew they would keep calm, cool, and collected in whatever situation faced them. Because you think about it, you're talking about on the March of the Sea, it's a gigantic land shark moving through Georgia 60 miles wide. 
and you're going to have to make decisions on the fly. And Sherman trusted both those men to make decisions without him knowing that they might have to make, whether it be they've got a fight or whatever. I mean, a change of scenery, probably. It's like when a football player goes from one team to another and he, just, he sucks at one team and he's great on the other. It, a change exactly. of scenery probably helped Howard. Yep. And yeah, he had, a, he had a bad situation, obviously, in the East. And at least in Chancellorsville, it stuck with him the entire time. But like I said, you can't make a case. You can't sit here and say Sherman is the greatest thing since canned beer and then say Howard sucks because exactly. he, 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 it, it doesn't jive. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And you and I are both founding members of a team OO society, which we certainly are. Right. Yep. And I think as you study more into him, you realize that he's somebody who probably gets a lot, he needs a lot more credit than do. He, he, really, he does. Really does. He does. And I think too, you know, the thing with some of these generals is how they're viewed completely factors into the lost cause myth. So you look at someone like Jackson and Lee, completely lost causes, why they're so elevated. Mm -hmm. And you have two talented generals like John, Albert Cindy Johnson and Patrick Claiborne. Patrick Claiborne, he's an awkward figure when it comes to mm -hmm. the history of the Confederacy. It's like, how do we make this guy who made emancipation fit in with our history? We can't. Well, that, well that's why. Let's not talk about him. He didn't. He didn't told the party line and that that was the thing too and he he just didn't really know uh jen yes you need to make uncle blingy art absolutely oh i will buy, I will, I will yeah, buy jen. whatever you send for that yeah absolutely. so jen so my friend jen is an amazing artist mm -hmm. i got to hang out with her at uncle blingy's birthday in february uh she's another soul sibling of mine for sure and she makes some amazing art and um we are actually going to be uh having her do some stuff for us. So we're looking forward to that. That's Surat t-shirt needs to happen, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm going to get Jen to do something like that too. Um, Jen and Jen Price said, slow internet helped Howard too. His reputation in the East didn't follow him to the West. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It, de it definitely is. But well, I, I, th I think, you know, like we say many, many times, it's perception versus reality with these people. Yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's just understanding. It's just the mainstream civil war historian people those people have um have a skewed idea and a lot of it comes from the Coddingtons and the Fonzes and, and yep. the Gelzo all those people we talk about and, and that may, you can't blame it's that that's how it, no if you're if you're reading that you know if you don't have a, if you don't have a vested interest into really detailing specific people um I think basically um that's what you're going to come up with that's perception we see oh, with yeah. a lot of these guys we, we see it with exactly. um with, with those dudes and the same reason why you, you don't see the the, fa the flaws in the Shermans or the Grants or the Lincolns or any of those people. And, and, just, and you, you have to see those flaws to know them as people, I think. Like, for instance, like, I fully have always believed that to get to know John Wilkes Booth is to understand Lincoln better. Yeah, like, so I've many always, times. I've always wanted to know Booth as well as I know Lincoln. Because you need to see it from that side to understand what happened. I 100% hate what he did, but... He, like, you, you can't forget him, you know? Like, you can't, you cannot tell the story of Abraham Lincoln at 360 degrees without talking about John Wilkes Booth. You just exactly. can't do it. And you just all the conspirators to understand where they're coming from with what they did. Just like you can't tell the story of the Civil War without knowing who Thomas Jackson was, without knowing who Lee was, without knowing who Patrick Claiborne was. Like, you need to see that side of it, too. And I think it understand. I think it helps for me 
reading the biography about Patrick Claiborne helped me understand the lost cause more. When I read his biography, which is, it's called Stonewall of the West, I came away with it thinking, this guy was the most talented one they had. And yeah. nobody talks about him. He was offensive, defensive, but he made mistakes too. Like Shiloh, he almost fucking gave away their position. Mm-hmm. The yeah. night before, that's who Sherman heard. Or that's who well, that one guy went, went to Sherman and Sherman's like, mm-hmm. take your damned regiment back to Ohio. It was Claiborne's men. If you want, I mean, if you want to get a good, a really good full view of the lost cause, you've got to read Bone Kemper and you've got to read Freeman. Yeah. Uh, because you just books. got, you got to read Bone Kemper's uh, The Myth of the Lost Cause because it's on one S, uh, one spectrum. And you've got to read the pure lost cause foolishness of Douglas Sofal Freeman. Exactly. You've got to read, you've got to read Lee's Lieutenants. You've got to, I mean, You've got to read his his biography on Lee. You've got to read all these guys because because it gives you it's it's like two different wars. It's like two complete different experiences. But I mean, the truth somewhere in between, obviously. But I think overall, when you look at the at the the impact of of what people think, what they thought when it was all over with, um, a lot of Virginians Virginians people wrote the history of the battle. Yeah. So you see the the skewed part of it. You see what Longstreet had to go through after the war. You know, know. flipping to the Republican Party afterwards. Yep, and I think I think Patrick Claiborne would have been that way too. As a hardcore Confederate as he was, I think after the Civil War, he would have been with Longstreet and be like, "Dudes, we got to make this right again." And that's why his death is, I think, one of the most one of the more profound ones to happen with the Confederacy when he's killed at Franklin. Well, I mean, you you look at the you want to talk about lost cause, right? They hate Longstreet. They hate Longstreet. Okay, because he, you know, he ended up with Grant. He ended up being all that, but they look past Mosby, which was a Confederate hero, cavalry guy. He ended up being what, Grant's campaign manager. Yep, flipped completely. But you don't hear a lot of shit against Mosby. No, as you do, you know, you hear a lot of stuff again. And it, well, once you get, once you sift through this and really focus and read it, you kind of see the scoop and see what the hell's going on here. Yeah, you know, it just it's just one of those things. Read it for yourself, but definitely read Bone Kemper's book. And, uh, and definitely read the, the Freeman the Freeman books um, yep. because it's um, something that it really um, it it gives you a full full degree about it too. I, yeah. A lot of these guys got screwed. It was all agendas. Longstreet got screwed. Sickles got screwed. Yeah. Howard got screwed. They all did. And yeah. a lot of the other the saint the, the sacred cows all got elevated. Exactly. Obviously, obviously the, the, you know Stonewall Jackson. Hallowed be thy name. Robert E. Lee. Um, you know all these guys and even yeah. Grant for that matter. He did too. You know. Very windy oh, here. Uh, it is. <laughs> um, and, Andrea said Stonewall the West, going to have to read that. Yeah, Andrea, it is it's one of the best um, biographies of a general I've ever read. There's no lost cause in it. Um oh God, the author's escape author's name is escaping my name. Author's name is escaping me right now. Um Easy for you to say. But um it was it was really good and it, it makes him so human. Like the author talks about how Claiborne had a pet raccoon. Yeah, Jen, guess who got to pick the, the names of the Zoom thing? It wasn't me, in case you're curious or comment. I'm having a hard time finding books on Rebs that don't come out as pure... Oh, Andrew said, I'm having a hard time finding books on the Rebs that don't come out as pure hero worship. Honestly, that's why I've avoided reading about them. Yeah, a beer can just... There it goes. Luckily, it's empty. Um, yeah, it and, yeah, Andrea, um, Stonewall of the West is not at all hero worship. 
it just talks about who Claiborne was. And I thought it was the most balanced view of a Confederate I've ever read. Another one to read is about Lee. And it's actually a young adult book that is written by a lady I know. Her name's Brandon Marie Miller. And she tells Lee like it is. She uses his letters, like, you know, stuff he wrote, and she puts it all on the table and basically says, this guy fucking asshole and this is how he feels about the slaves it is mm-hmm. an amazing biography about lee and it's she was really nice and she sent me a copy <laughs> to to read when she released it and i loved it mm-hmm. um i will definitely tweet out the name of the book um yeah and andrew i'll message it to you as well um yeah so simmons is the bog or the uh, author of um stonewall of the west jen just noticed Darren's screen name. <laughs> That's what happens when you're the fucking host and have the power of the gray skull. She's very mean. She's very mean. I told you she's got a she's got a dark side. This one, I'm telling you, she does. Behind that smile is pure evil. Trust me. Um, <laughs> Amelia said, "I think of Longstreet in the same way. His full support of Reconstruction took him out of the conversation entirely, except for characterizing him as a loser at Gettysburg." Absolutely. And you can see that in the amount of Longstreet statues there are. How many statues of Longstreet? There's, there's two, right? There's one I think it's just the two. There's one at Gettysburg. Same with Claiborne. There's two. Yeah. There's one there's in, a... in Arkansas, and there's one at Ringgold. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of these. I mean, but a, yeah, Claiborne's a little bit different. The, the, the Longstreet ones, I mean, there's not a lot of Confederate monuments on the North anyway. Obviously, you're talking about Gettysburg, you're talking about Antietam, you're talking about maybe Monocacy, you're talking about, you know, South Mountain. I mean, I think there are 30 Confederate monuments at Gettysburg compared to, what, yep. 1,300 in the North. And yep. a lot of that is because, you know, if it costs as much money to build these damn things, they want to put them in places where people are going to see them. Yep. And, you know, you got the one Florida monument at Gettysburg. There's no one from, they're thinking was how many people from Florida are going to come up to see these monuments. The Florida monument was built in 1963 yep. because a state senator from Florida happened to be rolling through the battlefield and so there's no Florida here. Yep. And, the and most, it, one of the most prominent mo- monuments at Chickamauga is Florida. Yeah. Well, Chickamauga, I mean, that, that makes sense because it's more, yep. you know, it's, a, you know that, that, it's different. I mean, Florida only had, th- what, had three regiments at Gettysburg, so it makes sense. The, uh, the second, third, and the eighth Florida. They only had yeah. the three you know, in Lane's brigade, so it, it was there wasn't a lot of that. But but you know, again, the, the victors tell the stories. But you need two you need two teams on a battlefield to, to tell the whole story. Exactly. But Claiborne, but, but, to, but to your point, Claiborne does get screwed. He he really really does. does. And and a lot of that is because the people in the South don't really like Claiborne. No, they don't. And yet he I mean, he he was this guy who he treated men from the Union so respectfully like there was a a time where a union officer had been captured and Claiborne's some of Claiborne's soldiers brought him and said this guy's got food in his pockets make him give it to us and Claiborne looked at the guy and he was like sir would you like to give my men your food or would you like to keep it and the guy said if it's all the same to you I would really like to keep my food and Claiborne's like then you can keep your food. And he told his men, you don't fucking touch him. And then there was another time where some of his men had like, they'd stolen all these apples out of an apple orchard and Claiborne came upon them. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're picking apples. He's like, good. You can bring them all over to the road. And all the men that, w- and the rest of his army was marching by the men had to hand out all the apples to them. And Claiborne yeah. just kind of sat back and he's like, you fuckers don't do this shit. 
Andrea. Florida sucks. Meth gators and face eaters. Yeah, yep. I can't disagree. I can't disagree with that. I agree, since Andrea. The, since, the, since the Pats are putting the Dolphins today, I tend to agree with them more yep. today than any other day. So I fucking hope they go down. Um, Andrea <laughs> said Mary Custis had a lot to do with how Lee turned out. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I love that the Union seized Arlington. Fucking love that. Oh, that's that one of the, the coolest. Fuck you ever. One of the coolest stories is was what they did to that house. And oh yeah, the cemetery all the way through there. And you know what's so funny is, is you you know, um, I, you know I know you visit Arlington as have I, and a lot of people have. Is yeah. a lot of people don't realize the story behind the Arlington National Cemetery. Yep, and where that where, where the history of that is, and it's, it's it's just a it's a cool in your face dick in the dirt story. It just it is, is. You know, it, the, the 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 coolest thing about it is there's two graves right near Arlington House, Gibbons and Sheridan's. Uh-huh. Sheridan is right in front of Arlington and it's like I can just see Sheridan being like fuck you Lee but then Sheridan's got this amazing view right over to the Lincoln Memorial uh-huh. and all, yeah. his gra- all his grave says on it is Sheridan which tells you exactly who Sheridan was well, I thought maybe Warren came up with that graveside idea, you know? <laughs> I, Boy, the the two of them like the two of them, oh my god two big egos together they hated each other. <laughs> well, I went. To, I went to go visit. Yeah, uh, G.K. Warren is buried in Newport, Rhode Island, which is about an hour from where I live here. From so it's like you know, I love, stone I, I have to here. say, I'm Team Warren, despite what a bastard right. he was. I love Warren. But you know, he. You know, I know what kind of going. I don't know what the agenda with this whole thing was, but it's kind of going off in the agenda tangent. But <laughs> anyway, to do with this, right? I know. I know. So so Warren gets completely boned by Sheridan, and. He gets, he's, he gets, he's out of the army. He's so pissed. He dies. They don't bury him in a military uniform. Nope. God. So he whipped to the max. Jesus God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but again, she beat, she probably, the, the problem, the problem with Pike is that she beats her on the bush too much. I said it too many times. She's not, she needs to be more direct in what she's saying. God, she's but, my girl. <laughs> she's awesome. Her and Jen, her and the two Jens. That's well, right. That's Andrew, my Andrew, Andrea is awesome because she is. But second of all, she got me banned from a Facebook Gettysburg serious site because I yeah. liked one of her posts that she got banned on. So we'll talk about friendly fire. Holy moly. Oh my she God. Knows, you're she, so Jackson she, in that situation. She, she, she knows the story behind that one. Yeah. But you I got, got Jackson. Because I, I totally took a hit. I, you know, whatever. Got Jackson. But, so, so Warren is, is so pissed. He doesn't get buried in a military uniform. He gets buried in a, um, he gets buried in a civilian uniform and his grave is impossible to find. It took me for, and then thank God for findagrave.com with a GPS because I never would have found that. And he's, he's buried in a corner with yep. a bunch of random people. And it just says, Governor Kimball Warren, U.S. Army General. Yep. And you, you, you wouldn't even know it. And that, that out of all the, because I like to go to the cemeteries and look for the graves because that's- Me too. I am. So, but out of all the ones I've found, he's even harder than Mary Surratt's grave. And that's, that's saying something. That, that, that says a lot. Yeah. You know? no, Warren, like, like Chamberlain <sighs> is a hero of Gettysburg. <laughs> but Warren is the other hero of Gettysburg, too. The unsung hero. Because he got up in Little Round Top. And what are you giggling at? Just in his welcome weeks. <laughs> Isn't he a... It's a that's like sucked I'm glad. Whatever. I'm glad she did me a she did me a favor on that one actually yeah. she really did. Yeah, Weeks is such a bastard sometimes. I get that I get that a lot. That's my gravestone. Darren Weeks killed at Gettysburg, 
is a bastard at times. And then that's also what's, that's what's, it, he's like, the other thing is going to be fucker. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the nicknames I have, that's my favorite one, Mary. Thank you for that again. You're it's welcome. almost as good as Tattoo Diva Bitch. Close, yeah. but not, you know, it's pretty good. Well done. Well done. Or dingus. Well done, dingus. Dang. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> um, so, Warren, like, Mead is putting out all the big fires at Gettysburg on day two. And Warren is going around finding the smoke. So he goes up, goes up in the round tops and he finds the smoke and he's again has this like, this is a fine piece of ass. You need to get this covered moment. <laughs> Are you getting paid to say that in this? Usually... <laughs> Are you sponsored by someone to say that quote? No. Sponsored by Red too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have to watch a Patriot game after this, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Andrea said, <laughs> Jen's left. <laughs> I read an interesting book about Grant Lee, Crucible of Command. I've heard of that one. Um, side-by-side comparison of the two and fairly written, I think. Yeah, I've been, actually, Andrea, I've been wanting to read that one for a while. So um, Andrea gets the kudos for book-enabling Mary today. Hey, look at that, huh? <laughs> bet, you, bet you don't blame her, though. No, I love Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my God, these guys are great to have on with us. Oh, Andrew—that's the best. Jen, the Jens, and Andrew the, the best. They're, the Je- everybody Jen, is. Jen Jens, <laughs> the Jen Jens. J squared. Yeah, that's what we'll call them. J squared. Yeah, definitely, Andrew. definitely. Yeah. <sighs> We'll probably so anyway, jump off soon. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, although I mean, this has been the best Facebook Live ever. It's it's, done, it's, it's, it's always it's always fun to do, but yeah. I, but I think it's it's always fun to to get people talking and enjoying yep. this and ju- and just get an idea of, of what the um I'm just understanding who these these people in this 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 crazy American Civil War yep. are to just understand the the whole story behind them. Yeah, General Go Pats Go. Good for her, Jen. Yep, Andrea, you completely you complete me, Mary. <laughs> Me too, girl. <laughs> oh, good lord. Jen <laughs> <sighs> Price book enabling is a team effort. And that is true. That is true. I, I, I think that you know we should all be getting residuals from Amazon at this point. I think oh, that's that, that that should be um that should be a good thing. Yep. So we should probably jump off. It's almost time to get ready for some football. Yeah, here. we gotta get ready to watch some New England Patriots. Oh yeah, it's about time for the Patriots at work. Wear my number seven. <laughs> if you squint just enough, it looks like a twelve Brady jersey. That's what I said the other night. So same deal. Wow. <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah, so she said it's go, Pats, go. She's right. That's what she, she keeps saying, you know? Hashtag Team Gen Squared. Yes. I like that. I like that. I like That's the general, awesome. too. The, the general is a cool nickname. It is. Too. Team Gen Squared. I like oh that, Oh, my too, God. So. See, Andrea, Weeks, you're right, I guess. Yeah, you know, oh. I, I, get, I, I, I get that. Andrea, don't tell him that. Don't. I get that. I get that never. I get that never. So That's pretty cool. Do, do not tell him he's right ever i made that mistake i've lost count i was keeping scratch marks on my wall how many times i told him he's right 
I stop. <laughs> it does happen. It has happened before. It has happened before. Yeah. We won tonight. So, we won last night. We won tonight. We win tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has, it has happened, happened before. before. So, <laughs> so foot, football today. Andrew mentions college basketball family. U of L go cards. Okay. Right. Um, Rick, Rick Patino. I think he's. I think Patino's still the coach there, isn't he? I don't yeah. know. I know I've kind of followed, but anyway. Um, so probably a good jumping jumping off point mm-hmm. as I am out of shipyard smash pumpkin. And I just finished my second beer. <laughs> it's twelve seconds. Oh, okay, sure. Okay. Well, okay. First, but, the the see, first one I had was when we were having fucking merry technical difficulties. And Jen shows her McClellan counting skills again by saying she has her second beer today. As you heard, your 48 cans roll a few minutes ago from, from the Did wind. Did you call me Jen? Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I was reading the comments. Jesus Christ. God. There's too many Jens. Jen squared, Jen roll. But yeah, okay. We'll go with the second beer thing. But, um. It was my second beer. Okay. okay. Not just sure. Well, you know, that's that's why I got my nickname that I have, my tattooed diva bitch. That's right. You need to let me have. You need to give me controls of the Zoom sometime. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> there, there are about eighty-seven nicknames like, at the top of my head I could hit right now, but that's okay. <laughs> Freaking Mary, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so let's um, let's let's get let's. Get, give a teaser to our next podcast. So we are going to be talking about the Maryland campaign. And we decided while, um, while Mary was fumbling through the technology about an hour ago, that we're going to probably, we're probably going to do a two episodes for this. We're going to talk about the lead in to the Maryland campaign, which is going to, which is going to cover the political situation. McClellan, we're going to talk about South mountain. We're going to talk about right up to the point of Antietam. And then we're going to talk about, um, the following, the following week, we're going to talk about Antietam. So hopefully you tune in. We'll do a Facebook Live next Saturday. Yeah, Tim, right? Yeah, Saturday okay. at 10, we will be doing another Facebook Live. Actually, I'm wondering if maybe we should aim for around 1030. Maybe. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Your call. You're the, you're the boss. So. I'm not the fucking boss. You, know. <laughs> you control the nickname, so you have to assume you're the boss. I kind of am because I'm younger than you. So I'm like, oh, you're like Sherman. God. My sound just went out. Okay. I don't it's foolishness coming through my speaker here. I, I, you are younger than Aaron Rodgers, right? Or older than Aaron Rodgers, right? I am. Bad. This is where I get my ass in trouble right now, so I'm going to stop talking. So um, so we'll basically uh, we'll drop it here. So next week we will talk about Maryland. Actually, we're not on Facebook Live anymore. It dropped. Ooh, okay. It's just us yeah. then. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Look at you go, Mary. Oh, my God. I didn't do anything. It just dropped. Oh, there. We're back live again. We're back again? Yep. Okay. okay. So once Bye. again, Mary's in charge of the technology as we dropped off. But we were going to finish McClellan up anyway. So. It's my close to McClellan. All right. So like we said, we're going to do, do a little Maryland next week. Darren is Queen Elsa. Oh, okay. You need <laughs> Andrea, I will tell you right now, you need to let it go, let it go about the Queen Elsa comments. I'll leave it at that. Andrea completes me, too. We need some guy. We need too much girl power in this. I need some guy. I need some, I need Bill to sign oh. on and hook me up here a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage, I think. Anyway, um, so hey, Mary, it's great to see you today. I'm sure we'll talk. We'll talk to you throughout the football game. We'll have fun yep. with that, and um, we will talk next week about Maryland, my Maryland. Yep. 
Thank you everybody for joining us today. Um, these Facebook lives, like we didn't know how they would go, but this one, I mean, sometimes we're probably gonna have some that are just 20 minutes, but this one like was awesome. You guys are great, especially to uh, Jen Squared and Andrea. Y'all rock. Um, Absolutely. Love, love the discussion. This is exactly what, how we wanted these Facebook lives to go. So we will be back with you next Saturday, probably around 1030-ish or so. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about a fantastic Patriots victory and a Packers victory probably too. That's okay. We'll yeah. talk about both. But anyway, thanks for watching. We appreciate it, everyone, even Andrea. Yep. And we will, um, we will definitely look forward to talking to you soon. And, and Mary, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Darren. And to Andrea and Jen Squared, I love you all. You're awesome. Okay. We will talk to you soon and have a great Sunday. Have a great week. And we shall talk to you soon. And make sure you watch the podcast that we're going to film on Tuesday that is going to drop on, on Saturday. Hey, real quick, we should talk about our cameo that's coming up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Right? We are going to be on Addressing Gettysburg. Oh, my God. Big time. We are going to be on the Addressing Gettysburg podcast tomorrow. I'm not sure yeah. when Matt drops that, but you can look forward to seeing or hearing us. I'm not sure if it's a video, but we will, we will definitely do that as well. But in any case, let's have a great weekend. Have a great yeah. day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and go Patriots and go whatever team you're following. Lessons the Jets. And we will look forward to talking to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Peace yeah. out. We back.